Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode in our five-part series, which includes, I guess, uh, our pregame interview with Coach Grundy in our 2021 Montgomery High School Boys Basketball Season Preview Podcast Series. Keith Glock and Brandon Fury with you in the muck and the mire. Brando, good to have you back, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Excited to talk about basketball. I feel like it's been way too long. Yeah, basketball uh, always seems to kind of we get it, we get in a groove, I, I think is what it is, because, uh, you know, there's so much, so much of it, you know, with you guys, it was always just, you know, the once a week deal, but, uh, you know, storylines, you know, team abounds. I I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So it's you great, like content, right? Great, great for a content creator like yourself. Uh, this is true. Although I, I do enjoy being called a content creator. Thank you. So, you feel young? <laughs> So you have some pretty good insight into uh, the boys' basketball world. Um, anybody who's got a heartbeat realizes uh, how tight you and Ryan Curry are, uh, just you know, friendly off the court. Um, what's kind of the vibe coming out from behind the scenes without revealing too many secrets that he might try to kick your butt for? Um, well, I can definitely say that they're feeling pretty good. Um, Ryan especially. Ryan has shot 15 of 27 from three in the last two scrimmages um and he, that's from what we've seen the last years other than his freshman year he hasn't shot well from three uh so hopefully he can keep that rolling into the season and then we've seen i know a lot of in past years coach Grundy will have maybe a seven or eight man rotation but there are nine guys that legitimately are playing right now and giving good minutes um so it's going to be really interesting to see how the rotation works out and how it thins out as we get closer to playoffs. Do you have as a, you know, you've played four varsity seasons of, you know, of sport already, you know, at least of one sport, you know, you are obviously a multi-sport athlete. So, um, you know, it's, it's more than four, I guess, four, you know, football seasons, anything you've been able to kind of, tell those guys now after, do you feel older and wiser, I guess is what I'm asking. Anything to share with those guys? I told, uh, I told Ryan the, probably the day after football ended, uh, I said, take as many pictures and videos as you can, because I definitely didn't take it. You got to savor every moment. Uh, Cause whether you like it or not, one day it's over and you're going to clean out your locker and you're never going to go back in there. So um, take advantage of it. Don't uh, don't get too far ahead of yourselves. Don't be like oh, don't don't ever look past the game. Be like, oh, can't wait for the next one. Like, focus about on this one. Focus on this practice. Um, just really live in the moment, especially as a senior, because something that's never coming back. There was something that I heard said about LeBron once that, and I, you know, I don't want to let anybody think I'm like saying Curry's LeBron. You know what I mean? From like an on-court perspective, I, I don't think that. I, I was just thinking about it more from like a leadership perspective that I heard it said about him that it's not just that he goes out there and plays in the game and you watch it on television and you're like, wow, that guy is good. He's the first guy that, fin you know, he finishes first in every sprint. He's the first guy done when they're doing push-ups. He's, you know, the strongest guy when they're working out. Like it's, like there's a reason why when you, you know, you watch the games that he's dominating the way that he does. Do you see, I guess, how much does that hold true as you look at this basketball team and you say, well, like, all right, where does the work ethic fall with 
you know, in relation to the performance levels from guys? I think that just the culture that's been set for Montgomery high school basketball, you have to work hard or you won't be on varsity. So that kind of automatically weeds out the guys that don't work as hard uh, in the off season or in practice, because you're not going to, you, you won't see time if, if you're not giving 110% effort. Um, so it's really all of them. Uh, Ryan, of course, too, but, but, but every guy has really stepped up uh, from what I hear and is really buying in to this season. And it's why they're, they're destroying the teams in, in scrimmages that they should destroy. And they're beating some good teams in scrimmages too. They have a big test. Uh, today against Colonia. What do you see, or who do you see, I should say, um, from kind of just how things are shaking out? You know, it's so early that, you know, it's not like things have to stay with whatever we're saying at this very moment. But who do you see as being a guy to step up into a role and be just, you know, because we're, we're talking about Curry, 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 you know, and that's what it's going to be, you know, a lot of the season. But he's not going to beat teams one on five. You know what I mean? Who is going to step up right now that we're not talking about necessarily? I think an easy answer would be Gordy uh, or Matt Levy, who's been exceptional this offseason, uh, or Samborski. But someone that I can see really stepping up is Steve Donahue. Uh, he's looked really good. Um, I saw him, I think it was yesterday, against um, – or in, in, their, in their scrimmage. And he had some some really nice plays. Kind of reminds me of Curry a little bit in the way that he plays. Um, I can see him really stepping up uh, as like a guy to get get a couple buckets off the bench when Curry needs a breather or something like that. Just a, another guy to run the offense. He's a guy that, you know, me seeing Stephen play for the first time, you know, it was the first time I saw him play in a game in that scrimmage that we did a couple weeks ago. Um, and like you, I was impressed. The thing that where I started to project out in my mind was I, I guess I hadn't just seen him comparative to his peers. He's really long, like, oh, yeah, just his wingspan. And, you know, it, like, uh, so we were talking, you know, kind of off the cuff the other day about um, when they run that trap at the midcourt line, it was always like, you know, will Gordy be the guy to come up and play the top of that half court trap that they play? Because having somebody with that kind of length and wingspan was always something that uh, was kind of a staple of, of how Grundy likes to employ it. But if Donahue, you know, kind of morphs into that role with that length, I could see that being, you know, a, a thing that they, you know, not being able to set or not having to sacrifice Gordy on the back end of that. I, I think that could be an impactful thing. For sure. Uh, Donnie's length, like you said, it's probably, if you don't count Gordy, the best on the team, like him and Curry. So he, he's long, he's, he's a great defender and he's athletic. He can, he can move side to side, which is what, what you want to see uh, on defense. Um, and, and like you said, those long arms can, we, we saw it, we saw it yesterday getting, getting steals, getting the passing lane. Um, it's definitely going to be a big thing this year. The, if you want to like talk about strength there, I've always thought as I've seen kids develop from freshmen to seniors, I like to joke that, 
you know, younger kids are like baby giraffes. Like they're kind of, you know, on roller skates out there a lot of the time as they're growing into their bodies. And then there's, you know, as they grow up a little bit, you guys on the football field, you have one particular kind of strength. You can, you know, pick me up and throw me across the gym. That's, that's a thing. And then I watched Ryan the other day and I said to myself, okay, this is the other kind of strength that I see when young men and women have absolute control over their, like their body movement, like to be able to, he did something defensively, which is what I was making me think of this, where he essentially was, there was a fast break the other direction and he just set the, the offensive player up and ended up coming up with a pretty athletic block from behind, but he had to contort his body in such a way that he was not going to, you know, create body contact when he went up to, to the play. And he, it didn't look like it was a fluky thing. Like, you know, a lot of the times you, know, you see a, a block and you're like, well, wow, that was pretty lucky. This felt so planned, so controlled. Just talk about that, even from your own perspective of how you've grown into your own body and, and, you know, kind of, the confidence maybe that that gives you when you're out on the field and, and able to do some things and move people, <laughs> you know, in places they don't want to go. Yeah. I mean, once you see yourself do something that you need to do, it's easier to do it again. And Ryan like that, I kid you not since we were in like sixth or seventh grade. So he's so comfortable with doing things like that on the defensive end, lining someone up and, and, and pin their shot on the backboard. Um, and some something like that with just getting getting comfortable with your own body is you know, really seen. Curry's always been athletic, but he's gotten so much more athletic the last I would say the last two years because he's getting you like you said getting used to that body and all he has, um, and just getting comfortable with it. Has he ever talked about or do you remember conversations back from his freshman year, your freshman year of, you know, what he was able to learn from the guys who were ahead of him, the Riley Greens and the Kevin Fermelts of the world? Uh, yeah, I mean, just really how to be a leader uh, is something that he learned how to work in practice um, and, and just just to never stop playing basketball. Like, I can tell you from my own experience, I've, I've been to Cherry Valley Park many times in the summer, and Riley is always there playing basketball, and it's something that Ryan picked up um, Ryan lives at Montgomery Park, uh, not in season, but when it's any time out of season, Ryan's there. Um, and that's, that's something he picked up from them, I would say. The reason I asked that question is because I'm interested in what a guy like Josh Moore is picking up right now from playing with Ryan Curry. Is it as I guess maybe the opposite of that is true? Is Ryan kind of cognizant of his role now as the mentor? That's not something we've talked about, but I, I, I'm sure it is because you kind of feel it. It's not something that like is like announced, I guess you would say. Like you, you can kind of tell when people are picking up after you and doing the things that you do, um, whether it's in the weight room, uh, during practice, during games, even during the in the film room. You can you can feel when guys are, are asking similar questions to you or doing similar things to you, um, and I'm sure Ryan feels that and is aware of that, so he knows he's got to set the, the example and do things the right way. You guys were able to create a culture 
in football that, that you wanted. And, and, you know, we've obviously talked about this ad nauseum at the end of our podcast series with, you know, with you and Alex and all that, that other good stuff. But I want to bring it up again, as it relates to, you know, you mentioned the culture within the basketball team, you know, that's been built and it's kind of a a well-established thing. Whereas I feel like you guys kind of had to drift the culture in the direction that you want as a, as a relative outsider, I would say you're probably maybe a little more on the inside. Uh, you're maybe the most inside that an outsider could be to the basketball program, <laughs> let's say. But as an outsider to it, how do you view it as a student? It's something that I wish I could be a part of. Um, it's it's something that I wish the football program to. Um, the fact that they they really play for each other. And that's something that a coach preaches. You got to play for the guy next to you. And they really, really do it. Um, and, and all like the other, the other night, actually, I was watching a basketball game with, with Curry. And I was like, when some, when someone's just not hitting shots, like, I know you can't just completely ignore them and not give them the ball. But like, do you think, do you think a little like twice, maybe before you pass them the ball the next time? Um, he was like, no, because, they just have unlimited trust in each other that they're going to hit the next shot. They're going to make the next play. And that's, that's something that's so important. Um, and it's a, it's a really cool thing uh, that, that these guys get to play in. I, it's funny, like, as you're describing all that, I, I think about how that kind of thing is built. And I imagine that it's, you know, a coach just can't come in here and say, Hey guys play for each other. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. You know, you, the guys have to like each other. And then I'm like, okay, like I was thinking all this as you were just answering that question. I'm like, okay, well, if everybody's got to like each other, what happens if somebody comes in and they're a jerk? And then I'm like, okay, well, the, no, the culture then dictates that if they want to stick around, they then have to modify their behavior. And then they do modify their behavior in short order because they want to be a part of the culture. Am I kind of on target there or do you, do you feel like there's something else that I'm missing? Exactly. Um, you, you're not gonna, there's, there's nobody, at least today, a couple of years down the line, who knows, but today there's no one that can walk, walk into the basketball team and, 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 and just be a jerk and just get away with it. Like we could get a six, six transfer that's committed to Duke and he could be the biggest jerk in the world he won't change the culture because everyone else has each other's back and they pick family over the Duke commit. Right. So those that the, the family that they have built is so strong that, that there's nobody that's going to be, that could come in and, and, and disrupt that. We've been, we talk about that, I guess, year over year. And it, it, I think it probably sounds cliche to people who don't really know what, what it's all about. And I guess my question to you as a young person is like, that's so rare in, you know, in this day and age amongst people, your age, where like, there's just this completely selfless nature where we wins out over me every time. Like, I guess, I don't even know if there's a question in there. I guess maybe that was just an observation that, you know, uh, is there another thing in, in life that you like you can think of? you know, right off the top of your head that you're like, oh no, it's definitely we over me every time. And, you know, I, cause it's just, 
I don't know if it feels foreign. Yeah, there, there's not a lot that comes to mind. Like I said, it's a special place. And I wouldn't trade my, my four years of football for anything. But it's not, it's not the same. Uh, there's no other sport in Montgomery High School that, that has the family uh, built like they do. There's just nothing like it. Uh, it's, it's a really special thing. One of the things that I always think is a strength of the boys' basketball program and this you can directly attribute to the coaches. I, I, uh, I'm very comfortable in saying that, that there is not in the way that there is culture. And, and that is a thing that is dominant year over year. There's not a system that's dominant year over year. It's, well, who do we have and what will work? And then we're going to implement that. Now, there are some things certainly that travel year to year because, you know, the personnel strengths can be similar. Um, but I guess give me your thoughts on that, that it's not just, well, this is what we do because that's what we do and all personnel be damned. That, that kind of stubbornness will only get you so far. It will, it'll still get you wins because then guys that are in a system for four years are comfortable with it, even if it's not what they're best at, but it won't take you over the top. You, you have to kind of adjust to who you have. Um, and I can make an example from football, like my, my sophomore year, we could do whatever we wanted. My junior year, we had to run the ball or throw it deep. Doesn't matter what was, what plays we loved my sophomore year had to love different places my junior year. And then this past year, completely different from my junior year. And then also completely different in the first half of the year with Benitez at quarterback and the second half of the year, the Schmelzer at quarterback. So you, you have to, to play to your strengths because if we tried to run the same offense with Benitez uh, my junior year as we did my sophomore year, it would, we, would, we would have been a lot worse. Um, <laughs> and same thing, same thing as, as this year to, to any other year. Um, you have to play, with your, play, play for your strengths. Do you, as the lights go out in my office, the, um, and of course that made me lose my train of thought, the, um, the strengths of this team, you know, you have a dominant point guard, you have a, a big time center. What's the, the ceiling for this team? Cause I, I'm always trying to like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I go into every year with a, yeah, okay, I think we might be this and we might be that, but like I want to see it happen for a little while before I make any proclamations as somebody probably a little closer to the, you know, the pulse of the players than I am. Where can this team go and how do the guys that are on the team feel about their talent level and their potential relative to what we've seen in the past? Um, Not to apply pressure to anyone, but I think this team is going to go and this is a pretty obvious statement, as far as Ryan is going to take them, um, you, you have, but the, the biggest key is going to be their shooters and their role players. You know what you're going to get from, from Curry. You know what you're going to get from Gordy. But who's going to give you 10 on this night? And who's going to give you three big assists on this night? And who's going to give you a couple big steals in the fourth quarter on this night? That, that's what's going to really dictate it. Um, and I, I can see this team making it pretty far. 
um, because they have guys that they, they have guys that can shoot. And when there's going to be a lot of attention on your star point guard and your star center, you need to have guys that you can kick it out to and hit a three uh, and just hit their open shots. And that's what these guys can do. And I'm really excited to see how it plays out because if they, if they keep hitting their open shots, this team's going to go very far. There were years where the formula was similar for this Montgomery team. Great point guard, great big man, some guys who can knock down open shots from the wing. And one of the great equalizers I've always thought amongst teams that we have played is when you play a team that's probably a little faster, a little more athletic, uh, and they really start to pressure you, you know that your center's not going to handle the ball. Stereotypically, your wings, uh, your shooters, I don't want to say your wings anymore because that probably implies something different, but your shooters were not your best ball handlers. They were probably you know on the weaker side handling the ball. And then it was like, okay, well, if we can just pressure the heck and get the ball out of the point guard's hands, that this team might struggle. I have been very encouraged with what I've seen with the ability of other guys besides Ryan to handle the ball. I think we've certainly seen Josh Moore's ability to handle the ball. And even, you know, teams can, can handle and kind of almost shut down two ball handlers. And I've always thought that the one year that with it, Montgomery was the strongest was that 2014 team when they had three guys who could handle the ball with Ta Remsen and Uranef. And this year, I'm not saying that, you know, Levy is a, is a point guard and we want him bringing the ball up, but I don't see if they tried to shut any, they, whoever they is, shuts Ryan off and makes him pass the ball. And then all of a sudden the double comes quickly to Josh. I can see Levy being capable, you know, to get the ball into the front court and get the offense rolling. Your thoughts? Yeah, I can see that. I could see Steve Donahue doing yep. that. Um, JT can handle it at times too. I, I, I think that's a very good point. Um, and that the, obviously the, the more good ball handlers you have, the better. But we realistically have three guys that today I would say I'd be comfortable with it. And then definitely guys with potential, uh, Davino, Donahue, to see what they can do potentially handling the ball as well. Uh, I think there's, there's a, big, a big chance that we have even more guys than we think that can handle the ball this year. The, I guess maybe given the success that his brother had, um, I'm a little surprised we're not talking more about Jack Vermel. Um, but his size, I mean, he's, he's certainly – you know, bigger than Kevin was even at graduation. Um, and if he keeps growing, I mean, like he has the potential to be one of those like slashing wing, you know, defenders that all of a sudden that you look up like Joe Ellicone kind of like you look up and you're like, wow, he's got 16 points. Like how did that happen? You know what I mean? Um, talk about Jack from a little bit and kind of what you're, you're hearing about him. Yeah. So he actually, he looked uh, pretty good in when he got some time uh, with JV yesterday. Um, I think he's still, he still might be a year away or maybe a midseason, uh, get, see some more minutes. Um, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, being comfortable in your own body. Uh, he he sprout, uh, sprouted up a little bit so over the, over the last year or so. So he's still getting comfortable, I think, with his body um, kind of growing into his shoes, if you will. So, and, and, and you know, it's got to be tough having the pressure of – your brother being Kevin Frommel, 
Um, but Jack is, is a different type of player than Kevin from what I see so far. Um, and I think, like you said, he's got, he's got a bright future. It may not be this year, but next year as a junior and certainly as a senior, uh, he's going to make a serious impact. Looking forward to all of it, for sure. Fury, this has been wonderful. I got and for everybody out there in Meyerland, Fury came in my office today and he let me have it a little bit, rightly so, rightly so. I did an interview yesterday without him. Brando, you you've stolen my heart years ago. I wouldn't go all that long without having you on the, you know, this is your podcast after all. You're gonna be taking this puppy over uh starting this weekend. So uh thanks for uh for doing this with me today. Of course. It was fun. All right, this has been Part number two of five in our hoops season preview for 2021-2022. Still to come on the preview series, we are going to have, in some particular order, because I haven't figured it out yet, uh, super agent, former Montgomery basketball player Kevin Tarka, and assistant coach Tommy Molars. And, of course, we'll end it with the pregame preseason coach Grundy interview that one of my my favorites of the year always. And, uh, and Brando, I actually want to drop a a little – a little plug. Uh, I had an opportunity to sit down with outgoing principal Paul Papaduke uh, about uh, maybe about 10 days ago now. And we sat down and talked for 45 minutes about, about leadership, about just everything you could want. It is interesting as hell. We get into sports, we get into life, we get into school. Um, what was, where he's going, what's next here for Montgomery. That is going to drop on Tuesday morning of next week. Um, and I'm going to try to give you all a little bit of snippets of that uh, as we get through the, the first couple of games this weekend. But please uh, make sure you have yourselves tuned in for, for Tuesday morning. And we're going to release that full interview, uh, both in the Muckemeyer pod and uh, on our YouTube channel. So get excited for that one. Man, I was ready to go watch that thing right now. If that was out, I, I was ready for it. <laughs> You're a jerk. All right. That's all I got. See ya.